and we're good hi everybody this is so strange (laughs) i'm so excited to have everybody who's listening listening my name is lydia and i am the creator of reself it is a platform for guided self-improvement coming in 2021 in the very beginning of the year i'm really excited to get this podcast going and uh connect with everyone and give everyone something you know tangible to work with in the uh in the meantime and throughout i love podcasts i think that they're terrific especially when it comes to self-improvement i think that conversations are so powerful we're all just figuring out everything as it goes and conversations help us along the way so i hope that this podcast can be a conversation that you know helps you figure some stuff (laughs) figure some stuff out as it goes next week's episode will kind of be a a better introduction to myself and a little bit about me. I'll be answering the Proust questionnaire, which will hopefully give you some good insight into uh, a little bit about who I am and, you know, what matters to me. I wanted to have this first episode be something powerful and important that can speak to everyone. And... I graduated college in May 2020, and in the meantime, I've been building Reself. I find so much joy in it. One of my best friends, Izzy, is helping me along the way, and it's just a really great, a really great process. And I'm really excited to share this with people. I really believe in it. I really believe in in the power it will have to empower a lot of people. Uh, I've witnessed friends take jobs that they're not too thrilled about. And, you know, we talk about it and they have passions and interests that they would much rather be pursuing. From what I what we've talked about, you know, there's there's a little bit of fear there. They could get comfortable in a in a job they don't like. And, you know, one thing leads to another and they've ended up in a life that, you know, they're not too thrilled to be living. So I wanted to use this first episode to talk about waking up, choosing yourself and your dreams, and believing in yourself enough to make that a reality. Because I think that's I think this is a really important topic. I don't think enough people talk about it, to be honest. People say follow your dreams, la la la, but, you know, I think more often than not, we see people not follow their dreams and not follow their heart and not choose themselves and not define what they want their life to be and to mean and to stand for and not believe in themselves. So 
this is something I'm very passionate about. And I, I struggle with it in my own life. And I challenge myself to rise to the occasion. And um, I think that reself is a great challenge to me. And it, it's an example of me doing so. To me, that's really what building this platform is about, is helping people to choose themselves and define for themselves what they want, who they want to be, what they want their lives to be and to stand for. And, you know, helping them and empowering them to believe in themselves and to follow their dreams. That's to me, that's really what, you know, self-improvement is all for in the end of the day. Let's get right into it. huh? I want to first start with a quote from Pablo Picasso. The purpose of life is to find your gift. The meaning of life is to give it away. I think when we're talking about, you know, waking up, choosing ourselves, you know, really going after our dreams or what we want for our lives and, you know, believing in ourselves, the first thing I think that comes up is understanding our purpose and our gifts and I just had a conversation with a dear friend about this yesterday and I think the biggest thing is that you don't need to know what your gift is or what your purpose is right away you find that on the way you find that as you go you find that you know in the journey if the purpose of life is to find your gift then that's evidently going to take some time our job then is to do things that will lead us towards finding our gift. What will do that? Well, I think that it has to do with the pings we get from our heart, from our gut, whatever it is. And I don't think that these pings are very loud. I think that they grow loud over time as we don't listen to them and then they become almost sirens. And that's, to me, when I'm in the middle of a breakdown and it's like, okay, I've known this fact for months or years and now as I'm having this breakdown, I am forced to reconcile with it and finally act on it. For me, as I've grown aware of that and accustomed to that, I've been able to listen to the pings as they've been quieter and quieter and, you know, prior to them adding up to a breakdown, so to speak. But the really big thing is just honoring those pings and honoring your gut, your heart, your intuition, whatever you want to call it, wherever those feelings come from in your body, they're there and they're telling you something. If you're sitting at your desk at work and, you know, you're anxious, you're unhappy, you're, you know, wishing you could be anywhere but here, that's a ping. That's a ping telling you this isn't the right place for you. You have to act on it. And, it's scary and there's a lot of fear that comes with it. But I think that when we can break these pings down into small little things, they will lead us in the direction of our purpose and finding our gift. And then once you find that, you give it away. If you're a photographer, then you don't take a desk job. You do your photography. You do your photography and you share it with the world because that is your gift. You can inspire people through the magnificence of your pictures. 
You can help them see things that they don't otherwise notice themselves. Or you can help them dream of faraway places. I said this to another friend recently, having this this conversation, and I told him, it's almost selfish. It's as if you're depriving the world of something they are meant to have. Everyone is here for a reason. Everyone has a gift. Everyone has something to offer. That's our purpose, is to figure out what that is and then to share it and give it away. The next quote I would like to share with you is uh, from an unknown source, but it really resonates with me. And I think that it goes off of this idea of, you know, okay, I know that I'm not in the right place, but I'm scared and I don't know how to get to the right place. Well, here's a quote for you. Leap and the net will appear. This resonates so deeply with me. Uh, and again, I'll use, I'll use creating reself as an example. I had this idea in November of 2019, a year ago. You know, I, I worked on it part-time as as I was a student and that was my focus but I worked on it uh and I had a lot of feedback from friends and stuff that were like yes we want this we need this at the same time I was still toying with the idea of going into fashion which is another passion of mine um and working in that industry I already knew that this was a compromise for myself. I already knew that it really wasn't where I wanted to be, but I justified it to myself. You know, all the reasons that I'm passionate about fashion, I could experience through working in that industry. But at the same time, you know, my passion for fashion (laughs) as a child was really from the uh, perspective of a creator and a designer or a photographer uh, when I was focusing on fashion photography as a, a concentration and expression of my photography. And so whatever, I justified it, I pursued it, and I came to this point where I was just like, okay, it's evident that I'm meant to pursue, you know, with COVID and everything and you know, this need for people to have some sort of resource and guidance to to improve themselves and to navigate life better and the ups and downs and la la la. I decided that it, it was ringing very clear to me I needed to pursue this and I needed to commit to it. And so I did. And so I leapt. And, you know, some days it feels like the net is there and other days it doesn't. But, you know, I, I have faith that the net will appear when it's time. And I, I, I feel as though the net is already there. Uh, and I'm so grateful that I leapt because I am infinitely happier doing this and pouring my complete effort into it, knowing what the outcome will be and knowing how many people I can help and for me, that's what matters. Um, and I think for a lot of people, you know, the, the scariest thing is, is the faith part and the trusting. Because it's so easy to do, to go through the what ifs. 
What if it doesn't work out? There's an equal amount of what ifs to what if I stay? What if I stay in this job that I'm unhappy at? What if I start to settle for this? What if it starts to take a real toll on my mental health? The what ifs add up and sometimes we can justify what seems to be the more stable path. I think stability is a big part of this. But I also think stability is a complete liar because just as quote unquote stable the job may seem, you can be fired the next day. You cannot be promoted. There could be no room for your growth. So much of the challenge is, is right, the belief in yourself and the belief in your dreams and, and choosing yourself and your happiness and what you desire and having faith that all of that will work out if you just follow the pings of your heart. The next and last quote I wanted to share with you is one from Carl Jung. And it was in a YouTube video from Syphilis55, who does great animated videos on philosophy and philosophers. I stumbled upon his channel during quarantine, and I really like it. And this is from his video on Carl Jung, a quote from Carl Jung. There is only one way, and that is your way. There is only one salvation, and that is your salvation. Why are you looking for help? Do you believe help will come from the outside? What is to come will be created in you and from you. Hence, look into yourself. Do not compare. Do not measure. No other way is like yours. All other ways deceive and tempt you. You must fulfill the way that is in you. Powerful, right? I believe this is the most true sentiment. You're on your own path. You only have your way. To compare yourself is not going to help you. To think that someone else's path or way is your path or way will deceive and tempt you. It's about finding your gift and giving it away. Fulfilling the way that is in you. There's only one salvation and that is your salvation. At the end of the day, you're the only one that can truly believe in yourself. That's the only one that's going to matter. If a million people believe in you and you don't believe in you, I damn well think it's not going to make a difference. So you have to save yourself. You have to work on yourself for yourself. You have to improve yourself for yourself. It can be for your family. It can be for your future partner. It could be for your future children. There has to be something that is I am doing this for myself, for my improvement. But I also believe there's room to do it for others because I think that self-improvement isn't selfish, it's selfless. Because by improving ourselves, we improve what we give to everyone and everything we come in contact with. This idea that help can't come from outside ourselves, that it's created in us, from us, I think is really powerful. And I don't think that's to discount things like books and resources and therapists and, you know, a platform like Reself. All of those things are really important and really great teachers and motivators. And, you know, they keep us on the path of improvement. But in my own experience, after going through something very difficult in high school, I was in therapy for a year two years even, before it really dawned on me 
that what I get out of this is only going to be determined by what I put into it. I can sit here, I can come to therapy every week, or I can decide that I want to heal. I want to get better. My healing is in my own hands. And when I made that decision, my whole life turned around. I am not kidding you. I am not exaggerating. It was like day and night. Everything just fell into place. Things moved so quickly in my healing. And it really came down to, do I believe I can heal or not? Do I believe that this trauma is going to rule me for the rest of my life? Or am I going to decide, no, I am going to overcome it. It is going to be something I learn from. It is going to be something I help touch in other people and heal in other people. I am deciding that it starts with me. And it's going to be created in me and from me and for me. Yeah, I think that's really where introspection comes into play and reflection. The more time I spent alone reflecting and learning and journaling and doing the work made all of the difference. And I'm not just speaking about in therapy now. I'm I'm talking in, in general in life. If we constantly are distracting ourselves with our friends, our phones, Netflix, YouTube, Hulu, whatever, if you're never giving yourself time to think, reflection and introspection and time alone and quiet time and being still and being silent and allowing for boredom are essential elements to this because that's when the pings can be heard. If we're constantly distracted and Uh, trying to stimulate ourselves how could we ever hear the pings that's when the pings have to get so loud and that's I think where for me like anxiety and depression creeped in was when I was not getting still and not being silent and not being alone enough to hear the pings and to explore how to act in alignment with them, in alignment with what they were telling me. You know, whether it's an idea for a photo I want to take, or uh, a drawing or a painting, or an app I want to create. Like, I've got to be quiet enough and be with myself enough to hear it, to hear those ideas and those pings and to feel them, and to respond to them. When we've spent so much time outside of ourselves, stimulating ourselves, not with our thoughts, we start to fear our thoughts. We start to fear the place our head has become because we're not taking care of it. We're not listening to the pings. We're not challenging this thought that we're having. We're just letting them fly by. And by letting them go by, they build. Maybe you have an experience with a friend and you, in your thoughts, you say to yourself, I'm never going to have friends that understand me. Every time you're having examples of that, of that thought, of that fear, it's going to repeat in your head in some way or another. But if we take the time to, after that instance first happens, to sit down and journal or talk out loud to ourselves and break down, okay, what happened? What made me feel this way? You'll start to see as you write, as you talk, 
that maybe there's something from the past that's coming up here. Maybe, you know, this exact person is just not right for you to be friends and you will come to the conclusion that you should no longer be friends with them. Reflection, I believe, is the greatest gift of humanity. The ability to reflect and to be introspective and everything that comes out of that is such a gift. And I think it goes hand in hand with finding our purpose, our gift, giving it away and fulfilling the way that is in us, in each one of us, as unique and different as it is. And finally, I think the last part of this is decisiveness, action, and discipline. These are all things that I've been on my own practicing and really focusing on this past year, these past few months. A great book on discipline, I'll put a link to it in the show notes, is Discipline Equals Freedom. It's a relatively quick read and a very inspiring one. I was someone who, who values their creativity and their spontaneity and freedom. I thought that discipline literally did not equal freedom, that it was the absolute epitome of, you know, being caged. And I find that to be absolutely not true right now anymore for myself. We don't talk about self-discipline enough because I think self-discipline is a really big key to, to mastery, to mastering your mind, mastering your emotions. That doesn't mean, you know, you don't feel your emotions. It doesn't mean, you know, you're, you're controlling everything in a, in a negative sense. But I think that discipline builds structure and stability that gets us out of bed every morning, that gets us to do the tasks every morning. Discipline comes in when motivation goes out. There are waves, whether you're living your purpose or not, I think that anyone who's living feels like they're living their purpose, they're on their path, they're living their dream. I think everyone would probably say the motivation comes and goes. And it's really discipline for the moments I am having an off day, I don't feel like working, etc, etc. It's really discipline that comes in and saves me. Next to discipline is action and decisiveness. And I think that they go hand in hand. After you hear the ping, you have to act on it. It doesn't have to be the right action. When I was younger, I think I felt, I think I had a, a pull between feeling as though I had to do the right thing. There was only one thing that was going to lead me to, you know, X. And I had to figure out what that was before I acted. And then there was a whole other part of me that was like, ah, interesting. This is a cool hobby. I want to try this. And I think that that's the path I've felt more drawn to now and encourage in, in my friends and stuff is to just try. Try new things and act on them. I forget who this comes from, but someone basically came up with this idea of like short-circuiting the, the what-ifs and doubt that'll come up in your brain by just counting to maybe five, three, whatever. One, two, three, I'm getting out of bed and you're out of bed. You haven't even thought about it. You don't have a chance to say, no, I want to stay in bed. One, two, three, I'm out of bed. My feet are on the floor. I'm up now. I'm going to the sink to splash cold water in my face. I'm up. One, two, three, I am going to apply to this program. One, two, three, I am going to start learning a new instrument. You know what I mean? It's short-circuiting that 
chance for no this isn't gonna work the doubt the fear i think it's a really great practice to establish when we're talking about motivation versus discipline and when the motivation isn't there again i was speaking to a friend about his photography and i was saying to him for me uh, especially you know in whatever endeavor creative or working on reself there are times when i don't want to work or i'm not feeling it or i'm not having the energy but i need to do that for myself and I need to go one two three I'm starting and in the process as you begin you get into it and it becomes easier and easier a quote begin the rest is easy the hardest part is starting just do it the hardest part is beginning the hardest part is starting but if you just count one two three I'm starting you started and you have momentum and you can build the momentum There's a quote, I'm paraphrasing because I'm not looking at it. You're not tired because you've done too much. You're tired because you haven't done enough of what you love. I think that speaks volumes. It speaks volumes to me. It speaks volumes to everyone I've shared it with. Certainly something to hold close to your heart. If you feel like you're in a position where you're hearing pings and you you kind of you know you know what the next little step is and that's all you need to know all you need to know is okay i just need to get out of x relationship i just need to get out of y job i just need to get out of z major then you've freed up the space in your life for introspection for reflection for more pings to come in and give you the next step It's step by step, honoring each little ping as they come. Small, incremental steps, and that's the way. That's how momentum builds. That's how you get to the point where you can leap. But I think that there is so much to be said about how draining it is to do things you do not love. In those instances, when we're doing things we don't love, we we feel so drained. It's as if You know, we tell ourselves, I don't have energy to do the things I love. I don't have energy to paint tonight. Work was draining. I don't have energy to fill in the blank because of blank. But we have to look at why we don't have the energy. And then we have to act on it. Either we have to say, okay, I just work nine to five. I'm exhausted. But I know that once I pick up my paintbrushes, I will feel better. I will feel energized. I will feel that feeling I get when I'm painting. That, I think, is, again, where the discipline comes in and action comes in. Because it's so easy for us to say, okay, I know I'm drained. I don't feel good. I'm not happy. Whatever. Maybe we don't even know what brings us happiness. But we know we're not happy. So instead of acting on that knowing, we scroll through Instagram or we watch YouTube videos, or we watch Netflix. And I think that there's nothing wrong with that. But when it becomes a habit, when it's something we're doing every day, every time we hear that ping, well, the ping's going to get louder. That's where the small baby steps comes in. It's not like, okay, I'm going to go quit my job tomorrow because I'm unhappy and I'm miserable. Okay, there could be quite a few circumstances or reasons as to why that doesn't make sense today. But You can start painting when you get home. You can start 
freelance writing. You can start, you know, whatever it is. I, I think I use a lot of creative examples. There's so many creative people out there that don't follow through on their gift. And if the purpose of life is to find your gift and the meaning of life is to give it away, well then, gosh, I don't know what to do with that. If we have a gift and we don't use it, if we don't give it away, there's certainly compromise here. But I think the most important takeaway is that you cannot compromise on finding your gift and you cannot compromise on giving it away. You have the power to make your dreams a reality. If you can dream it, you can do it. And I believe in that 100%. If I can envision it in my head, if I can feel what it feels like in the future to be living the life that is on my path and my purpose and my gift, if I can feel that, then I can get there because those feelings are real and I'm already halfway there because I've imagined it. I just need to act in alignment with it and follow the pings that will get me there on my path. Leap in the net will appear. This was such a fun podcast to record. So invigorating, you know, for myself to even hear hear these ideas. You know, it's something that I feel like we all know deep inside. But when we hear it out loud, it just it hits us differently. And it, it, it makes us reconcile with what we're choosing to accept. And I love this quote again. I don't know who it's from. What you're not changing, you're choosing. And I think that is so powerful. And let that resonate with you as it does. Say I have a habit that is weighing on on my health or I, I am entertaining a friendship that I know isn't right for me. Well, if I'm not changing any anything about it, if I'm not if I'm not changing it, then I'm choosing it. Then I'm choosing to have friendships that are no good for me. Then I'm choosing to do things I know are no good for me. And that says a lot to yourself without actually saying anything directly to yourself. I hope this has inspired you as much as it has me. And I can't wait to talk with you next week about the Proust questionnaire. Make sure to follow our Instagram for Reself at reself.app. APP. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. I'll see you next week. Bye, everybody.